Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. I am JT. Hey guys, I'm Joey. And today we're discussing dealing with depression, injury and setbacks in BJJ. The dark side. And now this is not something that it's regularly talked about really because for most people, jiu-jitsu is a happy place. Mm. Go to jiu-jitsu, have a good time, see your friends. You know, it, it can be great. Fun training. It can be. It can be, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes you get absolutely destroyed. Your techniques don't work. You might have a surgery-level injury and... Or even just a niggling thing. A niggling thing, yeah. Right, that just fucks you up for months. Months and doesn't go away. Yep. And then also maybe you have a bad exchange with a higher belt. Maybe they bully you a bit. They call your name or they always roll you really hard. They're really rough to you. You don't know why. You don't know them. Maybe they've just got personal issues. And you think, man, this sucks. Like you, some days want make you want to quit. I think the whole mental fortitude thing, and you know, it's great because it's definitely pushed in jujitsu. We need to be mentally tough. But when you go somewhere and your expectation is, I'm, I'm, my scarce time, my one hour a week or my one hour a couple times a week, and I'm getting bashed and I'm feeling terrible. And you think, what am I doing with my life? You know, you can leave and think, oh, it's not worth it. It's tough. And I think it doesn't matter whether you're a white belt or you're a brown belt, black belt. You, sometimes you have days you think, man, this is, this is difficult. I'm not enjoying this. Mm. I came for fun and it's leaving me in a dark place. And, you know, I, I think I've probably had more challenges before I came to jiu-jitsu. I felt like jiu-jitsu made me tougher in some ways. But this came up recently because I was saying to someone who's struggling with their jiu-jitsu that – Lifting weights is an easier choice because it's just you and a barbell. A barbell is not going to trash talk you and knee ride your face. You know, it's going to, you know, the barbell's the barbell. You still got to deal with gravity, you know, if you're not feeling high energy, but you can walk out of the session feeling pretty safe and feeling a bit better about yourself because you did a workout. Sometimes you can go in with all the good intentions in the world and come out the other side of the session and just, you, you know, hate your training partner, maybe hate yourself. And, and that can put you into a dark place. And if you get a serious injury, if you've ever experienced a surgery-level injury, that can isolate you, separate you from your crew and have you questioning your motivation to do this thing jiu-jitsu. Yeah, yeah. And I think like with any social group, there's also political things that pop up. Maybe you got beef with someone. Maybe yeah. maybe you feel like you're on the outer from the group a bit. A bit clicky, maybe. Yeah, and you're not, you're not really in or – you know, whatever, like the same shit that happens in the playground when you're a kid. Yeah. But like that, that extends to adult life too. And that's a, I think that's a really important one to, to mention because a lot of people are facing that shit. Yeah. Especially if you're new and there's people been there a long time, they have their in jokes, they have their thing and you're just trying to crack into the social, you're trying to integrate. Yeah. It's hard to know what to do because jujitsu is so unique. Like, man, how do I fit in with this bunch of weirdos? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to be cool with people and they're mashing my face up, you know. You're like, oh, yeah, Gordon Ryan. You're like, who? what? We fucking hate Gordon Ryan around here. You're like, oh, oh. shit, I'm an idiot. 
Dang. <laughs> Dang, everyone, he's yeah. trending on uh, YouTube. I mean, Craig Jones. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> hey, you're pretty cool. You should come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> B-team, am I right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, has anyone listened to the Bulletproof podcast? <laughs> oh, those guys. Birds. <laughs> Silence. So, well, uh, I think there's a bit of a honeymoon period when you're new. Yes. You think of the person who comes to their first class and the, the person that just froths absolutely everything. Yeah. And they're just getting after it and they're like, this is the best thing ever. Yes. And there's probably that it just extends out for a little while where you're kind of oblivious to it all. Mm. And it's quite nice because yeah. you, you're not aware that you, you know, kicked the high belt in, in the face in during the face. a roll and now they're bashing you up. Yeah. Like you're not – you just roll – you're just having a great time. Yeah. It can come a little bit down the track once you've been there for a while mm. and once you have a bit more expectation on yourself. Possibly. And, you know, you start to become maybe a little bit more – I don't know, just in tune to the place. I, I feel like that's where a lot of this stuff can pop up. It's like like it's almost like you are immune to it at the very start. Yep. But then as you get further into the training and, and, and the lifestyle, uh, these things, these whatever it is, like this, these stresses or these setbacks, not the injury piece, that's a separate thing, but it start, starts to creep in more as you progress. It does. And I think people can get an identity crisis when you do – You maybe you're two years in or – 18 months in and you feel like you've got a grip on jiu-jitsu and then someone who's more or less your level comes in and they destroy you. You're like, I, I feel like I don't know anything now. I just – I thought I was making progress and now I'm not. Like, mate, who am I? Like, is it a lie? Like, do my techniques only work against people who are crap or like what's going on? Because then you know, your coach is like, no, no, that's all right. They just got the better of you. And you're like, no, but – they destroyed me and, and, and well, your coach is like what the fuck's going on yeah. they got the better of you yeah you should have done better <laughs> yeah. I'm a two stripe white belt come on <laughs> come on yeah. it's hard there's so many competing interests and motivations like yes some coaches are very demanding some coaches are less involved they're like eh, you have a good one you have a bad one doesn't matter that might suit you you might not want a coach who's really you know trying to hold your hand or get your back or whatever but maybe you want that Maybe you really want some engagement from your coach and they don't give it to you. That isn't, you know, it's like horses for courses. You've got to find the right coach for you. The challenge is if you are in a small town or you're a regional area, wherever you are in the world, maybe there's only one jiu-jitsu gym in your town, uh, which is unlikely because there's always two or three. Um, but that said, you have to be able to have a system for dealing with bad days at jiu-jitsu. I think this is what we want to get into today is like you need a system for being okay with sucking. Like it doesn't matter what level it is, you're going to have one day where you get smashed. It doesn't matter. You could be blue belt, purple, brown, black. You weren't switched on that day. Someone came in, they're on fire and they, they towel you up. Maybe they jack your elbow up or maybe they crank your neck and now you're, you have to deal not only with the fact that, okay, your jiu-jitsu didn't work – but now your body's not working as well. Your elbow's a little bit, you've got a little chronic niggle thing. Like, no, I'm tough, I can deal with it. Because that is the thing, the expectation is that you, you've got to show up to training, you've got to be tough, like grit your teeth, do that thing. But it can start to wear you down mentally. And then like you go to jiu-jitsu, maybe you're in a bit of pain, still do the warm-up, still roll, didn't have such a good time, maybe didn't roll so well. And it can have a kind of compounding negative downward spiral if you don't have a way to deal with it 
if yeah. you if you don't have an, an approach to um kind of I guess putting it in perspective and, and getting yourself back on a good even keel mentally. Well I think the um I think one of the important things to to talk about here is that it's impossible that you can have a great training session every time. No. You can't. And I remember a weightlifting coach saying, uh, hearing a weightlifting coach say this in a seminar years ago about Olympic weightlifting. Right. We're doing all these technical drills and they were really hard. And anyone that's ever done some Olympic weightlifting, oh. you know, it's like, it's technically, it's a really hard sport. Incredibly hard. Yeah. And the training's like, you know, it's, it's tricky. And he said, you're probably going to have a shit training session about eight out of every 10 sessions. Wow. He said, that means you'll have two sessions out of every 10 where you're like, that was awesome. awesome. Yeah. I lifted super strong today. I felt tight. Technique was good. Mm. He said, all the other ones, you'll be like, oh, my timing was off. I'm fucking weak. Mm. You know, and he's like, that's what weightlifting is. Wow. And I, I think jujitsu is very much the same. I don't think it's eight out of 10, but, no. I, but it's like you have to acknowledge that there's good ones and there's bad ones. Yep. The bad ones are not simply like, oh, I underperformed today. Mm. The bad ones are I underperformed and now I feel like shit and now I'm questioning my ability and I feel insecure and it's, I'm thinking about it when I'm going to sleep and I'm up in the morning and like it, it carries on and, and like you were saying, it compounds. It does. And it becomes – and this is whether it was a shit training session or it's – you got injured or whatever, but if you can Tired, look at it, whatever. yeah, if you can just kind of zoom out and look at it as like you're having a bad experience with your jiu-jitsu right now, mm. you have to expect that this is going to happen a lot of the time. If you know, let's say it's half the time, and that this is part of the game, yeah, and that this is one of the trials that you go through to to, to get to black thing? belt yeah. or to get better at it. Yeah, it's like like look, um, you know, ask. Yeah, I've never asked them, but ask any like world champion. Like, do you have shit training sessions? Absolutely, they're going to say they do. Yeah, and it does. And in truth, jujitsu does push you very hard, not only physically, but mentally. And if you already have challenges in your life, like you, death and loss in your life for different reasons, you know, you have a sick child, or you have to look after an elderly, you know, relative, or you know, you have a really tough job, whatever it is. Jiu-jitsu typically for most of us is uh, a way that we can clear the space from that cloud and have those brief moments of not worrying and not caring. But there is a cost, which is the post-jiu-jitsu. If you didn't have a good session and it was tough, we need to have an approach to um, just d- dealing with having a bad one. And uh, what, What's your approach? So for me, the, the best part is I, um, I call up Adam Childs and I bitch out Joe Worthington. Um, it's pretty simple. We just – we talk smack about how Joe's not very good at jiu-jitsu but he's real athletic and strong and just really stubborn. <laughs> but like because we're superior and we're better at jiu-jitsu, like we just console ourselves with he that. He doesn't even have that many techniques. Oh, God, his neck is so strong. Why his hamstrings are so meaty? I can't knee bar him. <laughs> but um, no, look, I think – I do write – I have a journal, so that's a good way for me to get perspective on my thoughts because if I just leave it in my head, I ruminate and that's a problem. And you might experience the same thing. You go home and you, you, you churn over something too long. Like I'm, I, I tend to overthink. No, it's not that I bear grudges in any way, but there might be something in particular and for whatever reason I get attached to it and I just play it over. What's that mean? Why do you say that? Girl, is that true? Was that a power play when he that's, said, that's not true. How are you? <laughs> Who the fuck says that? Yeah, you know, it's like Jordan, Michael Jordan meme. He's like, 
I took that as a personal insult. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, the imaginary conversation you had? <laughs> Isaiah Ryder never said yeah. that to you, bro. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> I had that once at Jits. There's a guy, I won't mention any names, but there's sure. a guy when I trained for a while, he's a, he's a black belt now, who um, I just felt we never, we never, he never really understood me. Right. I'm a, I'm a pretty upfront guy. I don't mind cracking a joke. I, sure. I, you know who I am pretty quickly. Bit of banter. Yep. This guy is maybe just a little bit more closed, you know. Sure. And, um, and he turned up to training one day and he turned up a few minutes late. Yeah. And we were all kind of – we'd already done a bit of warm. We're hanging out, have a stretch, whatever, something like getting ready to roll. And he comes over and I was like, hey, what's going on, bro? And I was like, bro, did you shave your eyebrows? <laughs> He just – he looked – his eyebrows looked trimmed. Yeah. Like they looked really trimmed. Right. And I, I just honestly asked the honest question like, yeah. bro, did you, did you like trim your eyebrows? And uh, he, he was like, no, like – What? Kind of got all awkward and I'm like, oh, shit, he did. He totally he did. He totally did. You called him out. And I, and I didn't and, – and I, I instantly I knew I'm like, he thinks that I'm like – making some kind of play here. Yeah. But I'm like, I just asked the question. Yeah. And it was like, it was never resolved. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and I feel like it's still, <laughs> it's still there lingering over our relationship. Wow. Yeah. Did you get a haircut, bro? Did, did you just call me bald? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just totally taken it the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah, look, I think as you develop a thicker skin in jiu-jitsu, you realize there is a fair bit of banter. You have to become quite a, a tough individual to, to tread the – the black belt path. But if, if you're earlier in the journey and you, you already don't feel that strong or you might even feel a little bit sensitive about certain things and people are – maybe they're picking on you or they're doing things, it's like it is difficult to overcome. What does help is if you have someone you can talk to. Like having a BJJ buddy is good because you can check. You can be like, hey, man, is that allowed? Like that guy's like chucked his thumb in my eye. Is that part of jiu-jitsu? You're like, nah, man, that's not cool. You, you need to go tell the instructor that or you need to say to the guy, hey, bro, um, could you stop practicing Krav Maga on my face <laughs> when I'm passing your guard? Because he, sometimes you don't know. Sometimes you, you, you just think, is it just me? And that can make you feel a bit crazy if you just, without, you know, this idea of ruminating and mulling over things, not letting things go. Sometimes you're like, fuck him, is it just me? Like, am I... Am I tripping on this? Is this – am I just – am I being too sensitive? And then that can lead you to overthink as well. So I think having a way to get your thoughts out, whether it's, you know – on the journaling a, piece on, for you. The journaling for me or having someone that you can kind of confide in or someone that you trust that, you know, like a, they don't have to be a BJJ person but even a bestie like, man, this guy just keeps – this guy just keeps kicking me in the face like – Man, I know. think it's good to have someone who's in the game, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, bouncer, even a higher. Just because they get it, they're they they they're living the same life, mm. you know, on the mats. They get it, you know. You say to your partner, oh, "I'm fucking." Yeah. What do you? I mean, what do you do, Joe? Like, if let's just say you just you have a flat one, like nothing's working. Do do you, do you, do you have a process for just reconciling that? I look. I think for me, I these days I don't care that much. Right. You know, and it still it still catches me out. I'm still like, oh, like that fucking purple belt got the better of me today. Sure. You know, and but always what it points to is I wasn't focused enough or right. I was making that same mistake that I know that I make. Yeah. Or um, I went into the role and I didn't take them seriously enough. Right. Every yeah. single time. 
you catching me in two arm bars yesterday. I'm like, instant feedback. I'm like, I'm going to fucking smash JT next week. <laughs> yeah, I feel it coming. <laughs> I knew at the time, like, I'm going to have to pay the cost later. <laughs> <laughs> but i got to get it while I can, people. That's, I that's can't how it like, works. Yeah. Today's your day. Yeah. But, you know, but it's, it's instant feedback. And maybe I'm quite fortunate with this. I, I have... I don't know what it is. Maybe it's maybe it's somewhat of a stoic mindset around it, but I see that thing and I'm like, oh, I'm upset because that happened. Mm. It doesn't stick with me for a long time that I'm upset about this. I come to, uh, back around to why did that happen? And that happened because you made these mistakes right. or you didn't approach it seriously enough. So you analyze And it. I'm like, okay, well, next week, let's not do that. Yep. And don't get me wrong. I'll have weeks or months where I keep making the same mistake. Yes. You know, or or I'll fix it next week and then I'll be good for a couple of weeks and then I'll fuck up again. Like it, you know, it's a constant process. I try to view it more analytically. Yes. And and I think that that's the beauty of jiu-jitsu is like you can take and this is really just that situation of you underperforming. You can just it, it is a fantastic tool for feedback. Mm. Uh, we got to speak to like the the political thing or the having beef thing, because that sits outside of this, doesn't it? It does. Uh, in how you would approach it. When I think about the setbacks thing, a technical thing is something you, you can control. Yeah. Like if you're like, oh, my technique wasn't right or their technique was better, you can fix that. Yeah. Yeah, that's under your control. Someone being 40 kilos heavier than you, being higher ranked than you, and always rolling you and trying to hurt you, like really – not victimizing, but like – Kind of bullying. Bullying you. you. Yep. Mate, that's hard – that's yeah, how, especially I, if your coach doesn't, isn't aware of it and stuff like that. That's kind of slightly different, I think. You know, in terms of like modeling this conversation, I think you could, could you put that in the same basket as like maybe you, people joke about you at training or that, you know, you're not really in and you don't feel like there's, there's an in. Yeah. Like it's, it's kind of like a, like not that that is directly bullying, but it's all this kind of feeling of like, fuck, I'm, getting a bit kind of victimized here yeah in a way and i i think the best way and i always tell this to all my all my students because we have a pretty safe little bubble here at jungle brothers and i feel like they're a little bit protected and i'm concerned when they go out in the world they're going to get wrecked because when you go to another gym particularly if you're not from that gym they might try and you know run a train on you they might try and beat you up it can be really rough. Some gyms are very rough and you need to not take it personally. I think that's the thing is it's like they're not rolling you hard because you're a bad person or you suck. It's just this is the test. This is the trial by fire and not taking it on emotionally. Now, obviously, if someone injures you, that's different. If you've said to somebody, hey, man, I've got a dodgy ankle and they attack your ankle, that's different. That's malice. But people rolling hard, that might be the ethic of the gym. So what I always say to the guys here is like you need to be prepared for that. Someone might really rough you up and look, at that gym that might be the accepted culture mm. even though we don't promote that here because we're trying to keep people engaged and we don't want people to get injured. Some gyms are big enough. They don't care if you get injured. they got enough people on the roster. You fall by the wayside. And traditional martial arts has always been that way. We train super hard. If you break, move on. Whoever survives, fine. But that's no good for you if it's your knee or your whatever, you know, your shoulder, your neck. Because this is the thing that, you know, this is the darker side of jiu-jitsu. When you get like a bulge disc in your neck and you've got radiating pain down your arm and you can't sleep at night and all these different things, 
that takes away from the quality of your life as a whole. It doesn't enhance it. And there's a real process behind trying to fix that back up. Just on that point of like, you know, someone rolling you, like I think dealing with that specific example, someone going too hard on you, you know, and, and I think you, you need to be able to look objectively at are they going too hard on me? Because too hard implies that they've crossed the line. Sure. Right? It's like they're, they're bigger, they're much better and they're, they're using all of that against you to the point of like it's somewhat abusive. Yes. Versus are they just going hard? Mm. Because going hard it exactly could be the culture of the gym, could just be, fuck, I'm not used to this intensity. Yes. And that, that's a great opportunity to learn. Like, wow, this is kind of confronting, but okay, I understand the rules of engagement here. Let's try and let's see what I can do, even if I'm just being defensive. Yeah. You know? That first example of like, this is verging on abuse. I think in that situation, you have to, you have, to have someone that you can bounce it off. Yeah. But you also have to be able to communicate that either to the individual or to the, or to the head coach. Yeah. You know, like if it was happening at my gym, like if – I'm trying to think if anyone's ever said that to me. No, they haven't. But I've had newer people say like, hey, can we just go a bit easier today? Sure. And sometimes it's uh, because they might be dealing with some kind of injury. But sometimes it might just be that they've, they've just gotten back to training and they're a little bit timid with it mm. and they're new in the game and they're like, I just need to – I just need a bit of cruise mode to get the flavor again. Yeah. And look, uh, that's, but, that, but that communication piece is paramount. Yeah, that's feedback. Some gyms don't have that. No. You know, like I think that's rarer than we anticipate because we also have that here in Jungle Brothers relevant to training part, like being in a gym and uh, because there's group training here, it's important communication between training partners. People aren't just training by themselves. Does that yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like at a lot of jiu-jitsu gyms, it's like... Oh, it's no, yeah, that, that is not ever spoken about. It's almost like, are you disrespecting me? You trying yeah. to tell me how to roll, bro? Yeah. And it's just, it's actually very beneficial to be able to give feedback. And this is what I was going to say about how this can lead to like a darker place of like feeling depressed and not happy, like just not enjoying your life. If you're in a gym where there's not good communication someone's bullying you and you talk to the coach and the coach is kind of like, man, what am I going to do? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, John Danaher and my prize student, you know, Gordon Ryan is a complete bully and I alienate the whole team. So I leave and start another team called the B team. <laughs> oh, there you go. Comes That's what up. you need to do, guys. Yeah, just start your own C team. C team. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it's tough, right? Because you're trusting the coach is going to do something and sometimes they don't. And then if that person then breaks your knee or you know your shoulder you're like well what can i do now i'm injured i don't have help i'm alienated and i'm stuck and this is where i wanted to talk about depression and injury because a lot of people who have jujitsu as a happy place you're all good till you're not and then when you cop a serious injury then you're dealing with painkillers you're on the couch maybe you can't work properly you're not at the gym you've lost your community a lot of people really struggle with... You just added underscore BJJ to your Instagram handle <laughs> yeah. and now you can't even go. And now, yeah. You've got to post your old pics. Yeah. <laughs> you take a big mental dip because you've lost this, this thing that you enjoyed so much and now you've got to deal with the reality of a serious injury. Yeah. I mean, you are a stoic human, Joe, but you, you've probably had the most serious injury out of all of us it, between the two of us in more recent times. It was, correct me if I'm wrong, like it was harder to deal with than you had anticipated, right? 
like the pain, the pain thing, and the, not being oh, able to definitely, think. yeah. The the pain thing, the pain thing caught me off so, caught me surgery. by surprise. Absolutely, yeah. The recovery from surgery was like it was really painful for a couple of months, and it goes in waves and different types of pain, and you're like, holy shit, man! And you need drugs, yes, you know. And you're like, oh, fucking, I'm a tough dude. I'll you know, I'll take the drugs for a week, and then I'm and you're like, no, I'm fucking taking these drugs for as long as they'll give them to me. Yeah, you know. So that that caught me by surprise. To my point earlier about my mindset these days, I think I'm, I have a lot of previous experience to draw upon, so I'm much better equipped to deal with these situations now. As an example, having destroyed my knee like that and having this business that we run that's built around me doing jiu-jitsu yeah. and having a gym that built around me training yeah. and doing all this movement stuff and then all of a sudden I can't do any of that shit. I'm like, holy shit, I could have seen that as my world toppling down, right? Yeah, in a way. Or... I could have seen it, which I really did, as an opportunity to be like, wow, this is a process that so many of my members and and the people that we speak to and the people that we work with go through every fucking day. Yeah. I can't tell you how many like ACL um, questions rupt- yeah, I've had in, in the last two years and I'm just like, oh, here, I can offer you this and this. Um, but I'm like, I can really use this to my advantage. And even from a training perspective, I'm like, I can use this as an opportunity to work on parts of my game that that – or, or parts of my training that I just don't often explore. Agreed, but almost no one out there no, that's is right. seeing the ACL reconstruction as, as an opportunity. It's oh, a good opportunity to learn. Well, that's and that's that's why I preface it with like I'm I'm privileged these days. Yeah. To have that that you know previous experience, um, I think though what what I always tell people this is especially important if you are newer to the game, and newer to the game, you know, you're in your first couple of years, let's say. You have to understand that as an adult, injuries are part of life. Yes. You will get injured if you are doing jiu-jitsu. You will also get injured if you are playing table tennis. Yeah, if you don't do You will also get injured if you sit on a computer all day and just watch Netflix. And do nothing. And do nothing and try to protect yourself. You're going to get fucked up no matter what. So the choice is okay, well, I'd rather get injured doing the thing that I love and I'd love to get all these other benefits from it. The nature of the injuries changes, but injuries happen, right? So I think it's, it's you have to acknowledge that it is going to happen. And when it does, of course, you, you have to go through that period of like depression, like, oh my God, like this fucking sucks. What am I going to do? Like one of the coaches here, Ash, poor girl. Oh, she, God. Weightlifting, fractured her bones in her forearm. Yeah, she's Olympic, doing a clean. Yeah. Got her elbow caught, same as you had. Same, exactly. Thing. Yeah, you watched the video? She's no. got a video. Oh, it's, it's fucked. It's you rough. can hear it. You can hear it crack. Oh, no. Um, but, you know, right now she came to the gym. It's like two, a day later. You can see she's, she's it's, it's affecting her very negatively. And you have to go through that. You have to be like, oh, my fucking God, I'm such an idiot. How did this happen? You know, what am I going to do? But you all, you know, that's a part of it. But then you also have to like, okay, all right, I see that. I felt that for a week or two. Now let's move on. Now let's start to let's start to progress with this. And that's progress the mindset. And I just think that like for an adult in jiu-jitsu, yeah, you're in this honeymoon period. But being oblivious to the reality of combat and contact sports, it only lasts for so long. Yeah. It's going to hit you at some point. And you got to just get you got to get a handle on the reality of adult life. And I, I I'm not that it, not that an ACL surgery is coming for everyone, but some shit's coming. It is. And know? look, I not to, I, not to scare anybody. No, I don't. I think that's real. And I I think you know 
if we look at setbacks, sometimes those setbacks, it's more that you don't have a process for dealing with something. You don't have a process for analysing. Most people are not analysing the why, the where, the how. Then if you're not thinking about what you're doing and you're not preparing your body, that can lead to injury and then the injury thing can lead to a, a depression or a, a dark spot mentally. And I mean, some of us battle with mental health issues even separate of jujitsu. And the hardest thing is when you're relying on jujitsu to give you happy drugs and make you feel good and life be good, and then that becomes your point of pain, that can make life really suck. Because, and I've seen this a lot, a lot of people who do jujitsu don't have hobbies other than jujitsu. Mm. They don't have something that makes them happy other than this thing. Because, you know, jujitsu is magical, like in terms of what it does for you physically and mentally and, you know, community and all of that. But if you can't do it, you need something to do. Like, it was like when we had lockdown, people had to cultivate hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're doing crosswords or puzzles or something which maybe if you can't use your body the way you want, what's something you can do to keep your mind stimulated so you're not just stuck in this negative spiral? I mean, I had a dark period at the end of my Taekwondo career because I basically, I didn't get selected. Like I wasn't, even though I didn't know it at the time, I was competing internationally, I wasn't in contention to go to the Olympics. The Olympic coach wasn't looking at me. And then when I was in Germany, I got to hang out with him and talk with him. Uh, You know, his name is Daniel Trenton. He's a legend. Uh, He was a silver medalist in 2000 games, one of the best ever to do Taekwondo from Australia. And he just said, man, we're not looking at you. Like you're not, you're not top 10 in the world. You're not going to the Olympics. He was just really blunt with me. Uh, we both had a couple of drinks. It was after a big tournament. And he was just, just straight up. He's like, man, you're a good dude. You, you're good, but you're not, you're not an Olympic contender. And, and then not long after that, I got back and I competed and I tore my MCL in my right knee. So then I couldn't even walk. And I'm at home and legs up on ice. I couldn't do my personal training. A whole, thing, a whole bunch of stuff went together which made it a dark period in my life because I'd worked a long time to achieve something and then the dream was gone. Not making the Olympics. And also my coach had said to me, you're done. You're 25. I'm not going to put time into coaching you. Like, Savage. Yeah, it was pretty cold. And I actually quit Taekwondo that day. Wow. I never, I never went back. I haven't done Taekwondo sessions since. When the coach said that to you? Yeah, he said, oh, look, mate, you've kind of done your run. You had a good crack. You're a national champion. You've done this. You've done that. But, you know, you're not, you know, like you've, I think you've reached your potential and I'm not going to put time into coaching you. I'm, I'm going to focus on the younger guys. If you want to coach here, you're welcome. You're a lifetime member. That's all good. But uh, – and the thing was I held him up so high. I'm like I trust this guy's opinion over everyone's opinion, which maybe I shouldn't have, but in the long run it worked out. And I was like, wow, well, if he says I'm done, if Carlos says I'm no good, then I guess I'm no good. What the fuck is the point of this? I never went back. Actually, not sure. I did go back about two years later to try and reconnect with him. But then he was like – anyway, it didn't matter. I was, I was going to apologize for just walking out and never going back, you know, because he he put a lot of time in with me. But that led to a dark patch. I didn't want to leave my apartment for three or four months. Oh, wow. And I couldn't talk about it. It was weird. I couldn't tell my family. I was just like, fuck. I just I, – Because of because of what he had said to you that on that day or just the, the whole thing? It was a mixture of things. Right. I broke up with my girlfriend, a uh, long-time girlfriend. I uh, quit my PT job. I just pretty much stayed in the apartment for a long time. And I didn't think I've got depression. I just felt bad. I just felt a bit angry, a bit upset, but just like just didn't feel good inside. And then that progressed to not feeling anything where, you know, someone goes, oh, how are you feeling? Like, I don't know. It's whatever. Yeah. 
good come feeling dickhead <laughs> but it wasn't i wasn't angry i just didn't i just stopped feeling happy yeah i think that was the thing and i just that was really hard to shake and then i was wandering around st kilda saw dudes with geese and stuff i'm like oh what do you do oh brazilian jiu-jitsu oh, that sounds weird go check that out and then I got my fucking ass kicked. <laughs> and it relit the fire in me. Start I was that like, journey all over Let's again. go. <laughs> you know, I, I couldn't handle how – and it was funny how that adversity brought me back from this state of being real flat. Yeah. And, yeah, I, you know, and, you know, I was starting to come out the other side of that thought process and maybe that's maturity as well. But if, if you're out there and you're hearing this and you are just like, man, I haven't felt happy for ages – you don't have a source of joy in your life. You need that. And just having yourself dependent on jiu-jitsu can be a little bit risky because sometimes it can be a big source of pain too. So it's good to have something to fall back on, which is, you know, not necessarily online gaming. It might be. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Adam Charles. Adam Charles. All right. Um, I have definitely Online gaming actually seems like a real – you see Rob Whitaker, he's huge in online gaming. Oh, man, he kills it. I feel like it's just a – it's a great distraction for a lot of folk, like for a lot of fighters, huh? Yeah, yeah. Just on that, like every experience is an opportunity to learn something, every negative experience in particular. You learn more from negative experiences, don't you? You learn more from your losses than you do from your wins. Agreed. Right? With training, I think it's very easy, particularly when you're fresher on the scene, to look at it from a, a mic, from a small perspective of every session. Like, oh, today's session was good or bad. Today's session was good or bad. Like... Yeah. You're really analyzing every session because you've only done like 36 sessions. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you got to zoom out and you got to look at it over a longer timeline because, yeah, there's going to be ups and downs. But you want to be able to zoom out and go, yeah, last week wasn't a great week for training. But you know what? Like this month, I've actually been really consistent with my training and yeah. I've, I've made some really good ground and, uh, and I'm quite happy with where I'm at and I'm enjoying it, you know? Yeah. And you could apply this to anything, it could be your job. Yeah, you know, it could be uh, could be another pursuit that you have. Be like, you know, all in all, it's good. And then if you zoom out further over a year, you're like, yeah, actually, the line is going up and to the right. Yeah. You know, but getting fixated on that, like every session, oh, it was a bad session. Yeah, oh, it was a, it was a shit week. Uh, this is not for me. You, you're too you're being too narrow too in narrow. your view. Yeah. The other thing on that too is sometimes you don't have perspective. You might get caught up. So just putting that out there. If you don't have a BJJ bestie that you can talk to, maybe you want to go talk to a psychologist, a sports psychologist maybe because, you know, I've been to both. Normal psychologists to help me manage my anger. And then also – They obviously did a great job. (laughs) Helped me so much. (laughs) you got to know where your red line is, people, and I'm telling you, you might like Yeah, great great to have you in, James. A little pat on the bum. Yep, no need to come back. (laughs) All the best. (laughs) One session, you're cured. (laughs) (laughs) He's just drawing drawing dicks. Just on a piece of paper. Just just like um, (laughs) Kit Dale. Yeah. He's analysing his his opponents at competition. Yep. And, he's draw- and he's doodling and he's just drawing dicks. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but um, it's, it's one of those things that like, it, you know, all jokes aside, if you're not sure why you find it hard to deal with people cross-facing you or if you have a really emotional response to people choking you or whatever and it just makes you so angry or whatever it might be, you might need to just talk with someone and someone who's actually professional. Like you don't, you know, someone outside of jiu-jitsu who can maybe give you some tools 
and, and some ideas on and how to process it. Because, yeah, I've gone through that process uh, and a sports psychologist too can help you manage the mental, which, which is helpful because is only, the challenge only gets greater as you go. Even though you may get tougher, it, it, it does get more challenging. So I think if you're not sure what to do about where, how you think about jiu-jitsu, it can be worth, um, you know, talking to a professional. Strongly agree. Strongly yeah. agree. Even not even for the sake of plugging it, but actually our little community group on Facebook, mm. like I would say you can connect with people in there that would be willing to exchange and have conversations about this. Yeah. Because everyone's experiencing this thing together. We're at different stages of the game, but, you know, the, the, like what you are experiencing in your jiu-jitsu journey is not particularly unique. No. There's a whole bunch of people out there that are experiencing the same thing. So, you know, you can talk with those people through the group, whatever, like however you connect with the community. But but if you can air those things out versus you internalize it and it's just something that you carry on your shoulders, that's airing it out is always going to be the better approach. Definitely agree with that. Cool. Cool. Guys, thank you for listening. A couple of things to mention. If you want to support our show – but you don't want to follow our program. We don't ultimately love you to be on our program. You'll get Definitely. strong and mobile. You'll get to connect with us and all the other people in the community and all that stuff. That's the goal. But if you don't want to do that, you want to support the show, we are on Patreon. You can go on there for a small fee every month. You can buy us a bowl of acai that JT and I get to share. Or Joe will just eat it all. Yeah, because JT's like, I'm not doing carbs this week. Shut up. I'll, eat, I'll eat the banana. Electro fucking molecule, whatever. <laughs> Biologist. Um, you <laughs> but if you do want to jump on the program, go to bulletproofforbjj.com. You can take a free trial. Use the code BJJ Podcast. And if after your trial you stick around, that code will get you a 20% discount on your subscription payment. BJJ Podcast. Go to the website. Either way, thank you. And we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Nice.